Guru Nation, welcome to episode 492 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, Chris and I discuss two things, actually, two questions we've got from listeners. One is what you should do with your stimulus check if you get one, uh, both if you are not in the industry yet and also if you are. And number two, and this is where we spent most of the time, uh, should sites be allowed to use their own technology when it comes to decentralized trials, or at least writing the trend of decentralized trials. A really interesting thought experiment, and it actually gets us down to the uh, lowest common denominator, which is who's paying for the study, and then who therefore should control the data that flows uh, because of the study. So hopefully you find it interesting, something to think about, both things, one helpful and one to think about. Links in the show notes, Patreon channel, patreon.com slash dancefair, only five bucks a month. It has a monthly mastermind with the other Patreon members that are live every month on Zoom. Uh, I have weekly videos talking about increasing your opportunities using social media and how to do online courses and all that stuff. Speaking of online courses, we have the CRA and CRC Academies both enrolling, going full steam ahead. CRA, CRC Academy, both links in the show notes. If you need help getting more studies in this extremely busy but important year of clinical research, text me 949-415-6256. And with all that being said, enjoy this episode. Thank you very much. I got a couple things, Chris. So Guru Nation, welcome back. We got a quick little podcast for you, 15, 20 minutes. We both got to go. We We got two topics. We're going to combine both topics. Let's make sure that this camera can actually see both of us. We're mobile. We got the mobile studio. So it's me and Chris Sauber sitting like we've been busy with Latinos in clinical research all day, meeting with Site Owner Academy students who are really killing it. I mean, let's just say when I interview this person, it's going to be three hour. He's his own words. Three hour. Tell all. I heard it. I can't wait for that one, but I'm a, I won't hold my breath. So, Chris. When's this interview happening? I didn't ask him for any dates. Okay. So, we got two topics, though. The first one by Ashley Margo. It's very good, very timely, and it's going to be very good for the uh, clickbait as well. What should people do in clinical research, in the clinical research industry, or people that want to be in the clinical research industry with their $1,400 stimulus money? Oh, this I... is not our question. This is from Ashley Margot. So we're blaming her. Yes. This is a <laughs> softball, obviously, for the CRA Academy, CRC Academy. So let's get that out of the way. We can't give those as answers. Why not? Because it's not fair. We own those things. Let's give them some, like, value. Okay. So now, we'll... before we get into that, you need to invest in yourself. Okay, so find something that you can invest in your career development. Maybe it's ACRP certification, finally. Maybe you're somebody who's cost? been a That's coordinator. Like $700? <clears throat> yeah. So maybe you've been a coordinator for years and you want to get ACRP certified. Or maybe you've been a CRA for years and you want to get CRA certified. Or maybe you are, this is where I will plug in our stuff, but no more. Maybe you're trying to get in the industry and you want to do CRA or CRC Academy. You can do that too. Okay, so those are the options. Let's get that out of the way. Now, invest in yourself. I could take this a step further. Everybody needs a web presence. Everybody. 
even an individual with no company, no business. Absolutely, because what are you in the business of? You're in the business of generating income for yourself. You know who uh, is getting job offers right now? People that are active. I can't wait till I interview Christine Naro, our Latinos in Clinical Research brand mm -hmm. ambassador. She's killing it on Clubhouse and LinkedIn and helping us with LICR. She got job after job offer after job offer. So when you say that takes time. When you say have your own website with with LinkedIn or Facebook, do those count? Uh, those don't count. Those are socials. But you should have your own website. Here's what I'm really getting at. You should invest in content marketing for yourself. So so how would one market themselves? Write articles, make videos, do podcasts, comment on other people's stuff, post, share, and like their content. Most of that you can do for free. But if you want to hire a writer or graphic designers to do quotes or things like that, but you can do all that what you just mentioned through Facebook. Yeah, you can do all of that yourself for free too. But on Facebook you could do that, right? On Facebook you can do that, yeah. But it's always best to have your own website, like you know, like dancefair.com. I have a dancefair.com. Well, what's the what's the driver to that website? What do you mean the driver? Like why would so, people want to go there? Yeah, I mean because like they're if you, curious you apply in hiring for a you. job, yeah. right? What do you tell them? Hey, I have a website, you can go yeah. check me out. It's on your CV. I mean, because they already do that, right? They already go look at your Facebook page. Right, so don't let them go there. Go tell them my website. First of all, very few jobs candidates have this. Right. So employers, if they're interested in you, they're going to look at that. So dancefair.com, let me see what this person's all about. Okay, he's writing about clinical research. Whatever it is you're trying to do, if you're trying to get into regulatory affairs or data management, you should have like a blog on regulatory affairs or data management. I'll give another plug. It's only five bucks a month. My Patreon channel. I tell you how to do this stuff all the time. So see, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be the other side of the coin. Yeah, here. that's see, fine. This is a podcast. I don't know if I would agree with that. Having your own website. This is just my opinion, but it makes a person look kind of vain. Right. 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 So I think, I think, a better driver to what you're saying there is Facebook, because everybody has a Facebook page, but. Hey, this person has a Facebook page and not posting stupid stuff, you know, what I had for dinner and things like that. They're really <laughs> interested in this market, right? Would you choose Facebook or LinkedIn? Because I would go with LinkedIn all the way. Do you, I, you know, see, I don't go on LinkedIn that much, so I don't know. Do people post yes. things like this? About LinkedIn their, is, is on like, fire. Is it like Facebook in which they post about their personal life? They and, very much made it very similar to Facebook. Okay, then yeah, LinkedIn. Because LinkedIn. That, is, that is more professional. And what you can do is pay for LinkedIn Premium, actually. So yeah. with your stimulus money, you can pay for LinkedIn Premium. I think I pay 69 bucks a month for the basic, and you get like 50 in-mail credits. So you can email on LinkedIn 50 people you're not connected with. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to go take this as a green light to start spamming people but you can use it strategically. So like I said before, comment on other people's stuff. Map out your 100 companies or 100 places that you'd like to work, or maybe 50, and then find out who those individuals are in charge of that. Follow their LinkedIn's, comment, like, share their posts. They're gonna get to know you. When you have LinkedIn Premium, you will see who's looking at your profile. See, I like that advice much better. See, I knew it would get there. It just took till minute six. Yeah, I like that advice much better. I think that carries a lot of weight, especially because LinkedIn is a professional profile or professional 
uh, right. social media platform. Yes. Um, and certainly employers go look at that space. And then you're going to show, <clears throat> yes, this person's very interested in these things. Right? And then on LinkedIn, you can actually put a link to your website. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. And so LinkedIn premium, 69 bucks a month. So you can use your stimulus check for that. You can see who looks at your profile. When they look at you, now you now you know they're interested. Now you can email them, or you could probably message them if they're your contact already. So that's one way I would use the stimulus money. So obviously academies, certifications, um, LinkedIn, maybe a website, maybe a social media helper. Like you can go on Fiverr and find people. Mm -hmm. um, that would be smart. That would be a smart way to invest uh, your money. Maybe like a resume service like Ashley Margot has. Oh, absolutely. Who's guest lecturing tomorrow, by the way, on the CRA Academy. Costly. It's not that costly. So something like that. Now, the next question. So that's anything else with stimulus money that people in research should be doing, should be using it for? No, I think you covered everything. everything I would say I if you of. don't do any of that stuff, if you don't care about career development, invest it. Okay, invest it in... And I'm not going to tell you risky stuff. Not financial stuff. advice. Not financial advice. I'm not going to tell you Bitcoin or Ethereum like I do because it's not related to research. But invest in companies in research that are not going to go away in five years. Viva, Ikevia, Sineos, um, PPD, the companies that sell tools. Did you mention Viva? Viva, yeah. Viva. First one I mentioned. Okay. And then CRISPR maybe. So these are the mm. companies that sell tools to the other drug sure. companies. That's what I would do with the stimulus money. Now, the next question is actually a topic from Clubhouse. What will it take for sites to bring their own technology in decentralized trials? Many sites already have tools such as e-consent or video visit capabilities, but when pharma sponsors and CRO partners are running multi-center trials, we often pass down a selected technology platform. Does this effort toward control actually introduce chaos, variability, and errors at the site versus they're using their own tech. If we had a minimum quality standard for e-consent and interoperability for key data, such as signatures, dates, and versions, should sponsors and CROs care which tech is used at the site? Honestly, I don't know if I'm following the question. Are they asking what e-source to use or anything of that no, nature? No, just tech in general. Should sponsors mandate sites use their platforms that the sponsors chose, or should they allow sites to use their own technologies? So, and then what are some, um, what are some, uh, like uh, benchmarks? Like, what are the most important points when using these things? So, uh, minimum the, quality standard. So, the first part of that question, obviously, it's up to the sponsors. So, if they're paying for a centralized uh, platform, uh, they obviously want all the sites to use it, right? Right. So, I don't think you have a choice in that regard, right? It's a, it's either participate on the trial or don't participate. Right, right. Choice. But, but this is asked by somebody in a think tank in a pharma, okay. a key opinion leader. He's saying. Yeah, that's currently the way it is. Sponsors mandate sites so, use. Should sponsors not be mandated? Exactly. All right. So, you want me to read some answers while no, you think? Well, let me, first I'll give you my opinion. Okay. So, I think it kind of behooves the sponsors to keep it centralized because a it offers them more control. B they can s select what information they want to capture. 
Um, and then most importantly, like I said, in terms of control, they, they have access to it, right? If it's decentralized, are they gonna have access to it? Right? right, I think that's what the primary concern there is, right? Sponsors to have access. Yeah. yeah. So if you're if everybody's using a different platform, how do they access, access all these different platforms? Well, they control it less, but ultimately it ends up in the EDC, basically. Sure, but maybe they want it from the source. Yeah, no. So, I no, I don't think it behooves the sponsors to do that. But if, for whatever reason, they don't care about any kind of control... Um, well, sponsors truly do care about sites and what makes it more comfortable for them to do research. Sure. They truly do care about this. Yeah, okay. So that's where the question's coming from. I think I just scanned through this. One of the best comments from Daniel Perez, who spoke at our conference when mm -hmm. we had conferences <laughs> back in the day. A lot to unpack here. On the one hand, sites that take the time and resources to invest in technology are not incentivized to do so. In fact, a site is expected to be Re remunerated on the basis of fair market value, which is a metric set by other sites who may not have invested time resources into building out their technology. On the other hand, when sponsors pass down their technology platform, the sites that haven't invested in their own technologies benefit, but sites with existing technology infrastructures find themselves at a conflict, acquiesce to the use of the sponsor's technology, or run the risk of potentially not being selected to participate as a site. Right. Where does that leave the site with regards to the cost of maintaining its own technologies? Will sites then be incentivized to invest in technology or will they be burned taking a proactive approach uh, to prepare for decentralization? See, I would disagree with that on certain aspects. So for example, let's take eSource, right? So I don't think there's any punishment to sites that are already utilizing their own eSource because that's costly to them, right? There's a cost associated with each trial for eSource. So right. If the sponsor is providing it, it actually saves the sites the expense, right? Because the sponsors are paying for it. So I don't think it de decentivizes the sites to use the centralized platform. And I would assume that's true for all platforms, right? Whether it be regulatory or whatever the case may be, right? Mm -hmm. There's a cost associated with that. And if you're not now using it, yes, you're going to have some training costs, um, a learning curve. But you're not going to have any expense, actual dollars associated with outside of paying staff to learn it, right? Um, associated with using it. So I think that's a rather weak argument, in my opinion. There's more comments. So Joe Dustin, my boy over at Head of Clinical Innovation at Bristol Myers Squibb, he says, "Great topic: a willingness of clinical sites to actually digitize their operations and then make it accessible to sponsors for source data and remote monitoring." For big academic institutions, this is a no-brainer. For smaller research sites, a bigger challenge, but the trend is quickly picking up steam post-COVID. Number two, sponsors have to actually say they will accept data from clinical sites. In some cases, this is part of the decision process to make the investment in new systems. Number three, regulators, sponsors, and partnering IT groups need to agree on the validation and audit standards. Example, an EHR is probably not officially 21 CFR Part 11 compliant and may never be. An eSource system or site-based CTMS probably will be Part 11 compliant. Both are handled differently. Number four, what happens when e-consent, telemedicine, and other engagement and scheduling apps and more future-to-be-named solutions are used to unify the patient journey 
and are under the control of the site. Global guidance is moving in the opinion that the site needs to be in control of the data, and thus this method really has to be accepted eventually. So those are good examples because, yeah, the sponsor is never going to have a centralized platform for EHR ever. Right. Right? Because they can't. And right? they can't mandate, hey, UCLA, you start using this, you know. Right. UCLA has their own system. They're going to say, you know, forget you. Right. Right. So that's a much better example. Um, well, that's why he's a clinical innovation head at Bristol Myers. Right. Mm, sure. <laughs> Makes sense. He's paid to think of these things. Right. But it's a great conversation. It's a great conversation. But, yeah, I mean, it would certainly behoove sponsors if they could have control over all, you know, all sites, EHRs, right? Certainly. But that's just not doable, especially with HIPAA and federal regulations. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um they'll have to make do with whatever the sites are using. Um, but the things that they can control, I think it does facilitate ease of use for the sp- on the sponsor side and, and helps them better control what's going on when they do have centralized platforms. They just can't with EHR, right. for example. Right. So this is going to be on a Clubhouse tomorrow, Friday, at 9 a.m., uh, Pacific time, 12 Eastern. What is? Not my clubhouse, this topic. Oh, okay. With Craig Lipset, Joe Dustin, and a couple others. So, 9 a.m., what am I doing tomorrow? I think we might have a call, but if not, then I'll be on this. Just to chime in a little. And I'm glad I got to preempt this. last Friday. Okay, so I'm glad I got to preempt this with a uh, podcast before uh, they actually do it. It's like an appetizer. All right, there is one more question, one more comment from Maya. Uh, who I've interviewed on the podcast before. Her thoughts. If all sponsors ask ask sites to use their tech, even if the site has none, this comes with a greater risk of mistakes and unwillingness for tech adoption. This can only be solved if sponsor CROs allow sites to use their own tech. This way, site will be ready to start executing much faster as they won't need any additional training and they will have the SOPs in place too. Number two, how would sponsors and CROs keep control over the data if all sites have their preferred tech? This can be done easily if sites insist that their vendors be open to communicate with third-party solutions. Data integration software is capable of working with all vendors out there while sponsor CROs look at one general dashboard. Cost of using this tech, this is where sites and sponsors should meet in the middle. So, you know what? This topic relates to the one we opened the video with. Where you, what you should do with your stimulus money if you're not investing in your career, invest in tech company like Viva. Viva's mission is to solve problems like this, mm-hmm. and they're best positioned to do this. So this is what this is my thoughts on this. Um, I think it was a decent podcast. Anything else you want to add? Uh, better points uh, also with that last one. So everybody had good points. Um, mm-hmm. There's certainly two sides to the coin. Um, I, I just think what behooves the company that's putting in the dollars, right? Right. Sponsor. Right. So they have ultimate control, ultimate say-so. But what's more important for a sponsor, speed of trial and efficiency of sites to enroll and retain or controlling the data? Well, I think both are important to them. You have to pick one in this case. So you're talking about upfront costs versus back-end costs. Because if the data is poor or they have little control over it and, and they have difficulties with the data, 
that's a problem on the back end and getting it through the FDA, right? Yeah. If, if on the front end, obviously there's costs associated with extending the study trial in length. Yeah. So uh, which is more costly? I don't know. And this is again why not financial advice, company like VEEV mm -hmm. is going to crush it in the next decade. Certainly. They're working on this kind sure. of stuff. Let's get everybody so they like our platforms both sponsor side and site side, because we're giving it free to all the sites, and then there's just no other option, right? Everybody's familiar with it. And this is not a plug for Viva, we're not getting paid from them. No, it's just So smart. far, not it, yet. Not it's yet. just smart, it's just smart on Viva's side. That's right, that's right. All right, thank you, Chris. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Catch you all later, bye-bye. That's a wrap.